Good morning, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Shelter in Peace. We are broadcasting live from our studios here at AM 1160, The Quest, in Roswell, Georgia. I am Mari Cleveland, and I am joined by my co-host, Josh Harris. How are you, Josh? Oh, so glad to be with you this morning. I'm well. Good. We're glad to be. And we've got, of course, always, as ever, our beautiful producer, Annie Porter. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Annie. So as we get started this morning, we just want to share with you and remind you why we're actually here. You know, we started Shelter in Peace about 11 weeks ago at the beginning of COVID-19 and the pandemic to just offer a place where there is hope, there is rest, there is reassurance, there is peace that your God loves you. And we are continuing that today. And and the psalm from this morning just really says it so beautifully. Our psalm from the scriptures, from the readings for today is from Psalm 31. And it says, let your hearts take comfort, all who hope in the Lord. And that's really what we hope this this, uh, program is for you, is a place where you can take comfort um, in the Lord, um, that we have hope in our Lord. And that's what Josh and Annie and I want to do is continue to just point you to Um, our Lord who loves us so much. So we're going to be talking about that today. Our topic for today is fatherhood and father and God our father. We've got Father's Day coming up on Sunday. And so as Josh and I were talking and praying this week, Josh said, you know, I think we should talk about fathers. And so that is going to be our topic for today in a a variety of multitudes of ways. And so let's start by praying the prayer that Jesus actually gave us. And it's so fascinating to think about it. I was talking to my husband this morning about what his thoughts about God being our father. And he said, you know, I read a book and it really broke down the whole, the Lord's prayer. And it took every phrase of the Lord's prayer. And the one that stood out to me so much was the very first phrase, which was our father and how important it is. Um, that Jesus reminds us over and over that his father is our father and just the importance of that. So let's pray that together as we open up, shall we? Okay, in the name of the Father and the Son Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Name the father and the son and the Holy spirit. Amen. Yeah. That prayer is so powerful. There's so much you can unpack in that. So, um, Josh, as we get started, anything you want to throw in there just, just before I start talking about the whole thing about God and, and God as our father, anything else come to mind for you? Well, I mean, I think it's just what you shared is, is, is Christ gave us the privilege of referring to him as our father, right? Yeah. It's not our, it's not our dictator <laughs> or our tyrant who art in heaven, but it's our father. But I think oftentimes, you know, that image of God, the father can certainly get convoluted, right? So it's how do we reorient ourselves back to the image in the understanding that God is love and that God is for us and that we can trust him no matter what. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And Josh, I'm so glad you pointed that out as far as the image, because it's been said in a number of different ways that one of the most important things that shape, that shapes each of us, it shapes how we think about ourselves. It informs and shapes how we think about ourselves, how we think about other people. And ultimately, of course, how we think about God is the image we have of him. And the image we have of God 
um, just really reflects so many things throughout our lives. And I don't think we give that as much credence and as much importance in our minds as we as we should. Um, but who is God to us? How do we each see God? You know, as you just said, what is the image that we have of God? Um, I've I've oftentimes given a retreat or a talk on on this very topic, and what I do is I show some graphics, I show some images, right, of God, and we all have them. You know, we close our eyes, and you know, who is God? Who do we think God is? We've got this image of God. Um, uh, actually, Josh, you were joking earlier. I said, I asked you. I said, okay, when you close your eyes, Josh, and think, who is God? What does He look like? What do you what do you, what do you, what do you what do you say to me? Morgan Freeman. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Absolutely. There we go. That wouldn't be bad. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Very gentle and kind and compassionate and wise. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. I mean, I'm sure when God made Morgan Freeman's voice, he was like, it is finished. Masterpiece, there you go. You know? <laughs> that is awesome. Home run. That is awesome. Yeah. So at this, um, at this retreat, I'll show images and I show the various images and there's one that shows a really wrathful, vengeful looking God sitting up there and he's got this real scowl on his face and he's got his pointer finger going and everything, <laughs> yeah. you know? And so do you have that image of God where he's just looking to catch you, catch you out? He's looking to catch you doing something wrong. Is that your oh, image yeah. of God? Yeah. Or sometimes the the other image I've got is one of just this happy kind of guy sitting on a cloud, just with this benign smile on his face, just looking. Um, or is that your image of God? Is he just kind of up there just watching what's going on? And he's almost like your slot machine for wishes. You know, I throw up a wish here or there and ask for stuff. And he, he grants things, throws things over the, the edge there. Um, then there's also the image, the one that's at the, at the Sistine Chapel, you know, Michael Angelo's image of the finger, you know, the finger of God touching the finger of man. And so was he just this finger that set the whole world going? He just set the earth in motion, but he didn't really get involved after that. He just set things on its, you know, spinning around and he's not very involved. And then after I've shown those three pictures, and I say, you know, to the women, um, usually it's to a group of women I'm talking to, you know, do you, any of these resonate? Is this how you see God? Then I'll show a fourth picture and I'll say, or is this God to you? And the fourth picture is actually a picture in my living room in a big comfy chair. And it is of my husband sitting there and melted into him, literally like melted into him, like this child's face is in my husband's neck. His whole body is just covered by this child because it's my son when he was about 13 years old and he's in his basketball uniform and he's just melted into his daddy. And it was a really hard day that day on the basketball court. And I say, or is this your image of God? Is your God, your Abba Father, your daddy, the one who you can go to at the end of a long, hard day and just melt into his lap and whisper into his ear or cry into his neck? Um, and I show him that picture. And I do have to admit and say, um, actually, that's not God. It's George. But, you know, once again, is that potentially your image of, of God? Um, you know, so when you think about that, what's our image? Who Who is he to us? And and Jesus tries to tell us, you know, God told us in the Old Testament over and over, you know, I am the father. I will be, for example, I'll be the father to the fatherless. He says that um, in Psalm 68, you know, he's a father to the fatherless, um, that he tells us that we're adopted sons of daughters. Um, Jesus tells us in Mark 14, Jesus tells us God is our Abba Father. And when we use that word Abba, it's supposed to mean that daddy. He's our daddy. He is the one who comes. 
Um, and we are his children. We are his beloved children. So it's interesting yep. how that's that's kind of the very beginning is just knowing who we are based on who he is. You know, I went to a there was a church I went to for a while, and um, actually before I came Catholic, and I, the pastor gave a really I still remember this message that he was I guess doing some work or something in his his office. And he hears this shattering sound in his living room. And uh-huh. it's just like, it just sounds like a mountain of dishes is falling and breaking all over the floor. Uh-oh. And so I think what happened was his daughter um, had maybe climbed up onto the kitchen counter, reached up and tried to get some a, a dish or something and ended up pulling down the whole dish cupboard oh and all gosh. of a sudden everything is just a, like a waterfall of dishes that are just smashing on the ground so he says he gets there and he says and when i see her she's sitting on the counter frightened because she's barefoot there's broken glass and dishes everywhere there's no way she can get off and walk and she's just there motionless terrified probably frightened too that she had disappointed her father and he said i looked at her and i said good now you stay up there and you think about what you've done <laughs> he said i'm just kidding of course i didn't do that i i i got her on my back I, I you know said i love you and i carried her off over the dishes uh but you know he said unfortunately so many of us have an image of god where he's the you stay up there yeah <laughs> and yeah. think right and, and so i mean i think this is that beautiful example of like you know our love is very imperfect right and yet we and you know we can get into that later with scripture but our love is so imperfect and yet we have these beautiful displays of affection and love and care for the people that matter most to us and then even those who we don't even know, you know, through volunteering and donations and things like that. And it's like the gospel, uh, John, the, you know, disciple looked into the eyes of Jesus, the Lord, and came up with one conclusion and that's God is love. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's not an original thought that I had. This is the same pastor. I heard say that. Uh, but the, the point being, I mean, our love is, very imperfect and yet we have these heroic acts of care and love and virtue and um affection and it's like we need to remember that i mean god is the source of anything good i mean it does say any good gift comes from love but any moment that we display love we display affection you know we are personifying if it's authentic i believe we're personifying god's love you know the love of christ right yeah and so if we are if we're imperfect, we can do that. How, how much more for us is God? You know, how much deeper is that love for us um, through the eyes of our Heavenly Father? Exactly, exactly. And I'm glad, I love the fact that you just brought up that whole, the fact that John looked into Jesus' eyes and said, you know, he's love, he is love. And it made me think of um, one of the books from the book of John, one of the scripture verses that John actually wrote, First John 3. He says, see what love the Father has bestowed on us that we may be called the children of God. So he reminds us again, we're the children of God. And then he goes on and he says um, in the second verse, beloved, we are God's children. He keeps reminding us, 
But it's that word beloved. So that's the next part of this that to me is so important. You know, so we say, okay, so who is God? How do you see him? Do you see him as the guy leaving you sitting up on the countertop with the dishes broken all around you waiting for your punishment? Or is he the one who is, you know, wading through the broken glass and sacrificing his own feet as he wades through all of that and gets you on his back? You know, just like, you know, God sacrificed even so much more than that for us. But who who are we to him? So we see God one way, but who are we to God? And I think that's the second part of this equation that's so important for us to recognize that, you know, we are adopted sons of daughters. We are, God is our father, but we to God, we are beloved. And um, that word, if you look in scripture, you'll see it a number of different places. Um, one of my favorites is in both Matthew and Mark talk about it, but at Jesus' Jesus's baptism, right? So Jesus goes and he's baptized in the River Jordan um, by John the Baptist. And as he's baptized, as just as he's being baptized, the, uh, you know, the, the dove comes down, the Holy Spirit's there, and you hear God's voice, and he says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. So the beloved side of that is what we say, okay, we need to know we are beloved, right? Because that gets skewed in so many ways. But also the other part of that, the with whom I'm with who I am well pleased, so many times, especially in this world, because of what has been the way love has been skewed or the way that our identity has been skewed, we think we've got to earn it. We think there's something we've got to do. So I always point out that, hey, you know what? God God said, This is my beloved son with who I am well pleased. And at that point, Jesus hadn't done anything yet. His ministry hadn't started. If you remember, he was baptized right at the beginning of his ministry. So he hadn't performed any miracles, at least none that we read read about in Scripture. He hadn't called any disciples yet. He hadn't sacrificed himself. He hadn't done anything yet, at least from what we've seen, except the last time we saw him, he was 12 sitting in the temple, talking to the, the elders in the temple and the leaders in the temple, and then Fast forward, he's being baptized and God is well pleased with him. And so just a reminder that God loves us. There's nothing we need to do to earn his love. There's nothing that we can do to disappoint him so much. Um, You know, obviously he's sad when we make wrong choices because he loves us so much and he knows it's going to hurt us in the long run. But he's always there. His mercies are new every morning. He's always willing to forgive, forgive us. He's the one always ready for us. And so what's fascinating to me is right after... God reiterates Jesus's identity. You know, he gives Jesus his identity. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Right after that, literally the next line in scripture is that Jesus was led into the desert to be tempted by Satan for 40 days. And um, if those of you have been listening to the to the radio for a little bit, you know, we're here with Shelter in Peace um, on AM 1160, The Quest. And right before us, you might have heard um, uh, Chris Stefanik talk about that briefly. He, he mentioned the um, that very scripture where Jesus was led into the desert and Satan tried to tempt him. He tried to get him to do miracles of turning um, stones into to bread. He tried to get him to prove uh, to acquiesce to power, you know, I'll give you all of this or to prove his own immortality. And Jesus didn't fall for any of it. And essentially what Satan was doing was he was trying to get Jesus to doubt his identity, to doubt his identity. And every time Jesus turned around and spoke the truth from the word of God. And Josh, you said that, you know, if we can just focus in on the truth of God and what God's got to say to us, then we can hold on to this identity as beloved children. That's so critical. 
Absolutely. And I think it's interesting to pay attention. You know, you said something interesting when Jesus, right after, right, he realizes who he is in the Lord. Uh, I mean, well, it's his identity is affirmed by God the Father. Um, he goes, you know, it's temptation ensues. And how often is it that, you know, when we um, discover our identity with, you know, God being our father, you know, or we, we come through some major spiritual breakthrough, you know, there is an enemy that wants to um, disassociate us from that true source mm -hmm. of identity. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, though, what does the devil use to tempt Jesus? I mean, he uses scripture, <laughs> And then Jesus combats it with scripture, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I think yeah. that's the, the importance of knowing, you know, but uh, the word. But you know, it's interesting. I, I think that uh, a beautiful example of this is, you know, in the prodigal son. Yeah. Right. And this son, he had squandered his inheritance. He had basically totally burned his father, left, took all the money, blew it. And, you know, he's essentially eating with or about to eat with pigs, which I mean, in Jewish culture, you don't, I mean, first off kosher, I mean, that's like mm. to anything with pigs is like such an, a no, no. Right. So the fact that you're stooping on their level and eating out of the trough or about to is, I mean, it just shows like how low this person had gone. And by societal standards, most people would not have, I'm sure embraced that person, regardless if they were, their son or if they were just a friend or a commoner mm -hmm. but this it says you know the father saw him off in the distance when he comes back which i've heard shared that means the father had been coming out there you know in the morning or a specific time of day and waited to see you know just in hopes that the yeah. son would return and so um I mean, I love this verse, you know, and he arose and came to his father. But while he was still at dis a distance, his father saw him, had compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. So it's kind of like this, this thought, right? I mean, we take one step to God. He takes three towards us. Yeah. I mean, God, you know, the father in this narrative is, is moving much more rapidly closer to the son than the son is to him, right? In terms yeah. of pacing. And I just think that, you know, God is rejoices, you know, like in us with, you know, this whole father narrative, he's there. And I think it too, you can look at it from another standpoint, you know, David, he made some major blunders at the end of his, you know, reign. And yet, how does God refer to him? A man after his own heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and so God always, you know, God, even though he knows where we need to improve, he still sees the best of us and embraces us with that, you know, father's heart. Yes, definitely. And that, and that father's heart. And it's so important for us to know. So we've talked about knowing who our father is, knowing what his heart is for us, and then knowing who we are, who are, who is our identity, who we are at, in the identity of being a son, a son, an adopted son, a daughter, a, a brother, a sister to Christ, a, um, a child of God. And you're exactly right, Josh. And, and God is always there. He's always watching for us. He's always waiting for us. And the more we can dive into his word, we get to know the truth of how much he really does love us. One of um, a book I love, was written a number of years ago um, by Henry Nouwen, um, who's just a, a beautiful Catholic um, priest and theologian. And he's it's a book called Life of the Beloved. And there's this one paragraph. It's so cool because what he does is he basically takes 
um, a lot of different scripture from both the Old Testament and the New Testament, and he weaves it together in a paragraph as if spoken by God, because scripture, of course, is spoken by God. But he takes all those scriptures, and instead of you having to flip through from, you know, from Psalm to Psalms to just all the different um, places in in the Bible, he puts it all in one. And he says this: He says, listening to that voice, you know, that voice of God, with great inner attentiveness, I hear at my center. So within each of us, we can hear words that say this. They say, I have called you by name from the very beginning. You are mine and I am yours. You are my beloved. On you, my favor rests. I have molded you in the depths of the earth and knitted you together in your mother's womb. I have carved you in the palms of my hands and I've hidden you in the shadow of my embrace. I look at you with infinite tenderness and care for you with a care more intimate than that of a mother for her child. I have counted every hair on your head and I've guided you at every step. Wherever you go, I go with you. And wherever you rest, I keep watch. I will give you food that will satisfy all your hunger and drink that will quench all your thirst. I will not hide my face from you. You know me as your own, as I know you as my own. You belong to me. I am your father. Wherever you and I will, yes, wherever you are, I will be. Nothing will ever separate us. We are one. We are one. So it's so cool, you know, and as I'm reading through those, I'm like, oh, yes, I remember reading that. I remember that verse from from Joshua. I remember that verse, you know, from all the different places. And um, and I know, Josh, you had a verse, too, that that really spoke to some of that same thing that you really liked about how much Father, he loves us even more than mm. our earthly fathers can. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Um, uh, that's so beautiful. What's the name of that book again? It's called Life of the Beloved. Life of the Beloved. That is wonderful. Uh, yeah, so it's, that one verse, I just love this. You know, it talks about the answer to prayer, and it says, And I tell you, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. What father among you would hand his son a snake while he asks for a fish? Or hand him a scorpion when he asks for an egg. If then you are wicked, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Yeah. And I think that's a, you know, it's a great example, right? I mean, we are in perfect love, but God is perfect love. And just, I have to look back and, you know, um, remember the that gratitude list of just, I get spiritual amnesia really quickly, but I mean, I just, there's just miracle after miracle in my life and times that God has just shown up and shown off in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, and I love you reading that and reminding us that he does talk about earthly fathers and earthly fathers do want a lot for their children, but just as the evil one has tried to distort our identity, has tried Mm -hmm. to uh, distort how we think of God and how we see God he also tries to distort fatherhood and God was the one who created fatherhood. He demonstrates fatherhood. He demonstrates what it's supposed to be. And he um, is the one who gives fathers just that unique and beautiful role to play 
in the lives of developing their children in, in, in just demonstrating what love is itself. You know, I've, I'm not a father, but I am a mother. And I recognize that oftentimes I need to think about, I need to demonstrate God's love as much as possible for my children, because people will oftentimes see God as a father, the way they felt loved by their earthly father um, or their earthly parents. And what a huge um, opportunity. Um, And so sometimes a, a burden that can be as well, but, um, you know, our, our, in, in, in the world today, there's so many people who are fatherless, you know, who are fatherless and God says, but I am a father to the fatherless. Um, and it's sad to me how many people are growing up without a dad or that grew up with a dad who didn't know who they were um, and weren't able to be as good a dad as they could have been. Um, but so we want to talk a little bit about earthly dads as well. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think that's interesting, too, is, you know, I I think the main thing is, what's that phrase, 99% of life is just showing up. Mm. I think it could be argued maybe the same for fatherhood to some degree. I mean, you know, I, I've heard them say kids spell love, T-I-M-E, yeah. right, yeah. with time. <clears throat> and I, I think of my own father, I mean, just such a loving, wonderful, encouraging man, he is Jewish, but when I was baptized, you know, and he's like me, you know, sometimes he can uh, have an issue with timeliness. But I remember the day of my baptism, he was the first person I saw when I opened the door of the church. And he was in a suit and tie That's super awesome. early. And then, you know, he was at my confirmation and, and texting me pictures of it afterwards, you know, or t- taking sending me pictures of it. And it's just like... I think that's such a beautiful thing. He even went on a retreat with me at the Ignatius house. And so, uh, you know, to, I mean, I just, I I will never forget that. Right. And I think that that is a true act of love and humility when you can support your son in a beautiful endeavor, you know, even when it's not necessarily aligned with your upbringing. Right. And so that's, that was really a, a beautiful snapshot of, um, the unconditional love of, I think, God as well as my earthly father. That is awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Josh. That's so neat to have that image of your dad and how beautiful his love for you is and how selfless. I, I also had an amazing, have, I have a, an amazing father as well. And, that you know, one of the characteristics of my father that I appreciated so much when I was growing up was um, the time. You're right. He spent a lot of time with us, but also the humility. My dad was a very humble man. Uh, he is a very humble man. And as I was growing up, I just noticed that in a lot of ways and his willingness to just show and just be ever faithful, just ever present and ever faithful. And I look at my husband and the way he is a father to my children, you know, and sometimes, you know, in my worldly earthly desires i'm like oh i wish he would lead us in prayer come on lead us in the rosary and and um god reminded me he's like you know what watch the way he loves watch the way he loves and my husband loves amazingly well he loves with um just a deep devotion to our kids spends a lot of time with them he is also incredibly humble and he is very sacrificial and very faithful and i think wow if my kids see that kind of daddy, then maybe they can see their Abba Father in heaven as that same kind of daddy, you know, who's just so loving and forgiving and sacrificial um, and just 
unconditional with his love. It's beautiful. So we are going to head to a break. And after our break, we are going to talk a bit more about fatherhood and fathers. And we have got a special mystery guest that we are who are we are going to be welcoming into the studio. So we are looking forward to seeing you. Once again, you are tuning into Shelter in Peace. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you shortly. The Quest presents Pro-Life Minutes. Did you know science has already proven that at fertilization, a sperm and egg unite to form a unique human being with DNA separate from that of the mother? Yet, the argument today is not whether that new life is a human being inside the mother's womb. The argument is one of choice. We are told that a mother's right to choose to kill her unborn daughter trumps the daughter's right to choose to not be killed by her mother. What happened to women's rights? Only some women have rights, not all women. Many young women are never given the right to choose if they want to live or die. It's time to take a stand for life. All human life matters. So let's show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. Howdy folks, this is Jimmy Aiken from Catholic Answers Live. The COVID-19 situation has affected us all, including your local Catholic radio station. We need your help to make sure this vital missionary work continues, and no gift is too small. Together, we can make a difference. Please make a donation to support the work of this station today. Thank you, and God bless you. Donate at thequestatlanta.com. The Quest invites you to pray the Unity Prayer. Let us pray. My adorable Jesus, may our feet journey together. May our hands gather in unity. May our hearts beat in unison. May our souls be in harmony. May our thoughts be as one. May our ears listen to the silence together. May our glances profoundly penetrate each other. May our lips pray together to gain mercy from the Eternal Father. Amen. So welcome back to Shelter in Peace. We are so glad that you are tuning in with us here on AM 1160 The Quest. I'm Mari Cleveland and my co-host Josh Harris. Glad to be here. Yep, and we are so glad to actually welcome our guest, Danny Ryan. Welcome, Danny. Thank you for having me. Yes, and so Danny, we are glad to have you. Um, For our listeners, a little bit about Danny. Um, What an incredible background and story. Um, But Danny is a... um, an entrepreneur, he along with his brother are small business owners in the IT space. You know, Danny, I tried to read about what you guys do and I was like so blown away <laughs> that I can't even try to describe it. But let's just say Danny's really smart. Okay. Uh, How about that? You're being gracious. Yes. Um, and so in addition to being a business owner, uh, Danny does a lot of volunteer work and actually one of his favorite um, apostolates that he works with is Mustard Seed Ministry, yes. which is actually where he met his wife. Yes. I which met is my beautiful. Oh, wonderful. Wife there. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. Yep. And so he and his wife still serve with Mustard Seed, and they are now the um, just doting and loving parents to three children. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, Danny attends Our Lady of the Mountains. Yes. 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 Up in Jasper. In Jasper, mm-hmm. Georgia. That mm-hmm. is great. Um, and you're also part of a ministry called Souls and Hearts. Correct. That's yeah, correct. Yeah. Absolutely. And one of the reasons we wanted to talk to Danny today, in addition to the fact that he's just a, a beautiful um 
Catholic father and loves to minister not only to his children but to other people in his life is that he also has a special devotion to St. Joseph. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so before the break, we were just talking about fathers and earthly fathers, and we realized that um, we didn't actually start talking about St. Joseph yet, but that St. Joseph is also for the earthly father, since mm-hmm. he was an earthly father, mm-hmm. is just a wonderful person to um, to think about as well. So we'll be talking about St. Joseph during this half hour bit as well. But um, Danny, please tell us about yourself, yourself as kind of a person, a father, and, and uh, maybe how your faith has informed some of your fatherhood. Yes, absolutely. So I have to start off with, I've got a, a wonderful father myself. That's great. The beginning of the story has mm. to do with my, you know, my dad has uh, taught me a lot about uh, what, it, what a f- true father is, mm-hmm. um, his humility, just a lot of, of seeing him growing up yeah. uh, formed me. Mm-hmm. Taught uh, taught me what it's what it is what it means to be a father. So I, it's a, truly a blessing. As you were saying early, not everybody has this blessing, right? Right. And so um, one of the things that we'll be discussing today is for the people who don't who might not have grown up in that type of uh, environment, yeah. and what God has to offer us in Saint Joseph, yeah, as someone who we can lean on as a spiritual father if we don't have that. Yeah. Growing up. So I have to start off with that. I, uh, yeah, you mentioned, uh, met my wife, uh, at Mustard Seed. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I, th- going down there was a very healing process for me. Mm-hmm. They take care of children who are not wanted. There's, in this society, there's a lot of ways that children who are not wanted are, are cared for, mm. you know, typically by, um, nonprofits or the government. And this and is down in Jamaica? There, and this is in Jamaica. Okay. That's correct. Mm-hmm. And down there, I was really able to, I think it was a part of my formation of my fatherhood is, is seeing mm. these children and falling in love with these children. Wow. And then just the whole experience of having children myself. I mm-hmm. mean, I have always felt like my entire life I wanted to be a father. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, it just was part of, of who, um, of what, have ca- how God formed me. And I've been fortunately blessed to have three wonderful children who I love dearly. And I can talk more about them, and I could probably talk for the rest of the hour about them. <laughs> and throw and show they, pictures and everything. And I can drop. They're just. Um, they they truly are. I love them, and they're they are truly a gift from God to me. Yeah, and I have to say, I guess getting started with this is that um, there's been so many things that I feel fortunate that I get to understand a little bit more about how God cares for us mm-hmm. because I'm a father. Oh wow! And I think it's it's important for us for fathers to share that aspect mm-hmm. and to share that when we see our children fall, when we see them sin, how much we do want them, like the the prodigal son, we mm-hmm. want them back in our arms, and we don't care. We run to them to to help them to set them back. Yeah. on the right path. And yeah. so as a father, it's just you're, there is this um, overwhelming part of ourselves that we we want to be able to help. I, I used to tell a story where uh, my oldest used to sort of tinker in her chair and lean back and, you know, and I wanted to make sure she didn't fall over. Mm-hmm. And, and there's just this part of us as fathers where we want to protect our children. Yeah. And yet when she's leaning back in her chair, she's got to learn that, you know, there's things mm-hmm. that happen where you can get hurt. And we want to protect our children. Mm. It's very core to, to as a father that we want to protect. Yeah. And so it's that that's definitely this is little bits and pieces of me as a yeah. father. Yeah. And, and I feel like I've, I've just been blessed with my family. I've been be- blessed with a, a very supportive wife mm-hmm. and blessed by a whole community of other um, families and men, including my own family. Yeah. To be a good father. 
Yeah, and Danny, I love how you describe that as paralleling God. Like when you're a dad, all of a sudden you understand maybe how God feels, right? Mm-hmm. You know, God sees us leaning back in our chairs too far, Absolutely. right? And Absolutely. thinking, oh man, yes. I want to protect them, but they have to learn and mm-hmm. that whole free will thing, yes. right? Yeah, so it does really give you a little bit of an understanding maybe into the mind of God and mm-hmm. how he sees us. You know, one of the aspects that... um when I was thinking about this today that I remembered, and I'm, I'm going to say it not exactly right because I can't remember exactly which one, but it might have been agape love. But they talk about that the love that God has for us is the same love that you remember when your children were first born. Mm-hmm. You know, that love for the child where it's just like this all-encompassing, like you can barely breathe type mm-hmm. of love. And then as they get older, and especially when they become teenagers, mm-hmm. <laughs> your mm-hmm. feeling of love, it's still there, but maybe it changes just a little bit. And they, they said... Think about this. God's love for each of us, no matter mm-hmm. how old we are, mm-hmm. is the same love that you had for that little yes. tiny infant child who yes. was helpless and who you just had this all-consuming, passionate love for. And That's you, his love. And yeah. you, got, you brought up something earlier, which has to do with the father's love and identity. Mm-hmm. And this is something that has been important for me, too, like with uh, my son, Connor, is ask, you know, ask him about, you know, the love that I have for him. Yeah. And then I say, why do I love you? And 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 he responds back, you love me because I'm Connor Ryan, oh, because of beautiful. who I am. And I yes. say, you're my son. We talk about, I often want to talk with him about like, the day that God made you was a really good day. And we just sit there and talk about, you know, that that he was he was having a he was having a really good day that day. Mm-hmm. And I think identity, I think that's one of the things as fathers is we can help mm-hmm. with a lot of uh, children feeling sort of lost in identity is to help them out with that. Yeah. It's to let them know that they're loved regardless mm-hmm. and reminding them that you are my son and my beloved. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. So. That's beautiful. Well, I have a question. Yes. You know, you we've talked about your, well, sort of hinted at your devotion to St. Joseph, mm-hmm. and it's been very powerful yes. for me since I've read that book uh, by Father Calloway, and I've been saying the Litany of St. Joseph very regularly, and I've, I've really experienced the personal change as I've gotten to know him deeper in my spiritual and interior life. I'm just curious, how is it, how has that devotion maybe impacted your fatherhood sure that's a that's a great question and uh you know saint joseph one of the things that sort of i came into this year a little bit of backstory is that uh you know last year i I had done a couple of programs around sort of improving my spirituality and when it came to this year i was looking for something sort of to uh, to focus in on with regards to fatherhood and um, I came to this book, and, and the book that I'm referring to, folks, is a book called Consecration to St. Joseph, and it's by Father Calloway. And what it is, many people are familiar with consecrating themselves to Mary with St. Louis de Montfort and the, the 33, 33-day program. And this book is structured very similar to that, and the structure is around, is around the, the consecration and taking St. Joseph as our spiritual father. Mm. And this gets back to maybe we didn't have that growing up. We didn't have that experience. And what it has taught me is it's just, it's like a, what it's taught me is it's so many aspects about uh, manlyhood and fatherhood that uh, if you stop and you think about the stories and you think about St. Joseph, that you recognize is true manlyhood. Mm 
Mm. Um, one of the things that I love, and I can probably go on that you, as you mentioned, the litany, there's a lot of names that are basically, uh, you recognize the different aspects of, mm-hmm. of St. Joseph. And St. Jo- Jesus said, when you see me, you see the Father mm-hmm. in John. And, and But it's like, okay, well, Joseph and my father uh, Callaway describes this is Joseph is an icon of God the Father. Mm. He isn't God the Father, but here on earth, he sh- he gives you hints. He tells he's like it's what God the Father looks like. There are so many different. You, know, I'll, I'll start with one. Is we don't hear a word from him. Do you know? Like I, I don't well, like we want to see action. We don't want to see words, and we want to see fathers who are showing up. The fathers who are not absent, absent to the families. We mm. want to see action you see uh you find out that really he's the you know there's a lot of different uh, names for him he's the savior of the savior if he wasn't in a position where he was close to god to recognize that he needed to pick up and leave to egypt yeah our church it would have been the story would have been over at that point in time and so there are so many different things where you recognize as a father i've got to be close to god because god might be putting something on my heart to protect my family, yeah. to protect the souls that are that are underneath my care. And so a lot of what I've been focusing in on recently and like in souls and hearts and sort of have been developing is is how do we how do we how do we help fathers in this mission for them to help them lead their families to heaven. Mm. And that's a, that's a that's I think a lot first off a lot of when you bring that up they're like well what what is that really my mission? Mm-hmm. And if you spend some time with it, you start to recognize it's not just my soul, but it's the soul of my, it's, it's the people who are underneath my care Yeah. and mm-hmm. how important that is. And I think learning about St. Joseph, I'm learning about caring for here on earth. He cared for, you know, he was responsible for Jesus. He was responsible for Mary. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> kind um, of a big job. That huh? was quite a big job. And he was there to form Jesus in his, his formative years. What a job that we have. And, um, He's just, he, the more you get to know about him, the more you fall in love with him. And I want to sort of bring this back, and this may have to do more with this, this particular program and what we're going through right now with, uh, with the pandemic and um, with having some time away from things. And this was uh, unfortunate to be in some um, men's groups. And one of the, the, the conversations that we were having was the fact that our children many years from now are going to be grandparents talking to their grandchildren about the great mm-hmm. pandemic. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that we were focusing in on in that conversation is, what will our kids be saying about us as fathers? Mm. Were we full of fear? Were we panicked every day? Were, what were we like? Or did we point them to God? Did they see an underwear? Did they see that God is in charge? Did they see our reaction to all this panic in the world and inform us to be closer as a family and point them to God? Mm. And I just said, and that's a lot of and how this plays back to, to St. Joseph is St. Joseph was, was um, by the time of Jesus's passion, was dead and gone. His legacy happened after after him. Yeah. You know, yeah. he wasn't there at the cross, but yeah. he the things that he did in his lifetime and what a great what a great thing for us to think about as fathers is that truly the things that we do in our life continue on after us. And what are those things? What is the legacy that we're leaving? Mm-hmm. What was, you know, part of Jesus's passion is the legacy of St. Joseph. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. 
You know, as you said that, it's interesting because I I had a flashback when I was growing up as a kid. I remember a couple of times really bad things happening to our family out of out of circumstances beyond our control. We mm-hmm. were in another country at one point and we were kind of held, almost held hostage. It's kind of a long story. But I remember um, my dad and my parents and specifically my dad saying, um, God's in control and everything happens for a reason with God. And so that was the the mantra that, yeah. you know, that was the, the conversation in my mind. So as I grew older and older, it was always like, everything happens for a reason. God is in control. Mm-hmm. Everything happens for a reason. God is in control. And I have this great trust in God because my dad pointed me yes. to God yes. at that moment in time when we felt very helpless. I mean, we were in a situation where, you know, we had our passports taken away. We yeah. were kind of held in this quarantine area and my dad couldn't protect us in some ways, yeah. but he protected us, yeah. right, by pointing us to our Heavenly Father who was in control. And so that's beautiful, as you say, that that, that becomes a legacy, right, um, mm-hmm. that I will then pass to my children. I can pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. That's awesome. You know, I, I think, too, is because, I, I, you know, being a newer Catholic just coming out of my rookie year <laughs> in Catholicism, <laughs> I don't know if I really understood the importance of St. Joseph mm-hmm. in our story. And there's a quote that, and I forget what saint it was from, but essentially he says, you know, something along the lines of the greatest saint of all time wasn't a priest, wasn't a martyr, wasn't a, you know, he was a father, a husband, and a worker, mm-hmm. referring to St. Joseph. And I remember I actually had the privilege of just uh, talking to, Father Calloway and I asked him, "Was he really the greatest saint? I mean, obviously other than Mary, but mm-hmm. he said, uh, dude, he's, yeah, he's the only one who told Joseph. Uh, he's the only one who told Jesus what, what to, to do.'" do. <laughs> and like, wow, yeah. that's a that's a pretty that you can drop the mic with that sentence Absolutely. right there. So yeah. I thought it was really really powerful. It was, and that remind. I mean, I, I had uh, was fortunate enough to have a couple of one-hour sessions with Father Calloway, just talking about the book and the consecration to St. Joseph. I feel so fortunate to have had that opportunity, especially it was just sort of like after, right after I was wrapping it up and had the, you know, it's one of those things I get to sit down with the author and talk about, oh my goodness, thank you. That was just, and you know, Danny, I'm going to introduce yes. you about that yeah, real quick, do. because I want our listeners to know please that do. those recordings that you made with Father Calloway were here at the Quest. And so our listeners, you will get a chance to hear those in July. We're not sure exactly which awesome. day or time we're going to broadcast those, mm-hmm. but the conversations that Danny's talking about that he got to have with Father Calloway, the author of this book, Consecration to St. Joseph are going to be aired here on the quest so just watch uh, watch our um, media go online and watch our go onto our app or watch our website for um, marketing we'll be telling you about when those are going to happen so please go ahead Absolutely. and tell and, us and, about and, that. and along those lines as well is for people who are interested in the consecrations to St. Joseph, one of the things that Father Calloway has in the book is doing this on certain dates. And one of the things that uh, we wanted to do for our listeners and for the Atlanta area was to give an opportunity for us as a group to um, go through this consecration. So the next one that's coming up is in uh, July on July 20th on Our Lady of Knock, for Our, for our Lady of Knock uh, for that date. And so um, we're going to be... Uh, keep an eye out 
for more information on how you can Great. join a virtual group to go through the consecration together. And also, if you're uh, Father, uh, Father Calloway, I know on YouTube is uh, is leading through a consecration right now. So he also does those for people who can't, you know, it's, it's, it's unusual circumstances right now. But if you want to go through this consecration, he's on YouTube, just uh, search for him and you can do it that way as well. But we wanted to have something for here in the Atlanta area yeah. for folks to be able to go through this consecration together. So we're looking to put that together. So keep an eye out that, for That's that as great. well. Yeah. So if you go to thequestatlanta.com, you'll be able to watch for this information. Or if you've got the Quest Atlanta app on your phone, um, you'll see things scrolling there too. Okay, so go ahead. I interrupted yeah. you. You were oh, all no. excited about talking about Father Cal- Father Calloway and having this it conversation. Was just, it was a wonderful. I mean, we just had the opportunity to to sit down and go through the some of the things from the book and talk about the consecration itself. I just think it's a, it's um, for for it's a great opportunity. For, for men to look as for an example mm-hmm. of us, of what are we, cause it's just, it, it's very, it's confusing right now. Turn on the TV and the, the typical father's checked out or is made fun of. It's just, yeah. it's, it's, it's just the reality that we live in today. Right. Because, you know, we talked earlier <clears throat> about how Satan tries to pervert every mm-hmm. identity, right? Yep. Uh, he tried to get Jesus to deny his identity. He tries to get us to ide- to yeah. deny our identity. He tries to make us see God as who he's not. And he did the same with the father. Yes. And we see that, right, on all the different mainstream TV shows yep. and things, how the dads are, like you just said, are made yep. fun of or just they, people don't know what a father's supposed to yep. look like. I want to bring this up. This is one of the most important things that I took away from the book. And it was also something that my wife had pointed out as well, which is as as fathers, if we are to lead our families, Mm -hmm. we have to put the wants and needs of our families in front of us. Mm. And that that is like Amy, um, my wife, Amy, Mm -hmm. knows that she can trust and take me as the leader because she knows that I'm putting her needs Yes. And my family needs in front of my own. Exactly. So this whole idea, people hate the word authority. And I, I agree. I, I, um, I, I understand that sort of where that comes from. But this is a type of leadership mm-hmm. that comes from the fact that you and you've seen these, you, you see these men who are these strong leaders because they're thinking of the people around them mm-hmm. and you want to, there's a natural, and I'm, a part of this is a challenge for, and this may be for fathers who are out there who might be feeling like I, my, I'm not leading my family. If the family knows, and mm-hmm. um, we have this, and you were mentioning I'm entre- entrepreneur, and one of the things with sales is intent counts more than technique. Yes. People know what your intention is. Yeah. And as your if your family knows you're putting their wants and needs in front of your own, you can then they will then submit themselves to your leadership. And exactly. I, I hate the word submit to. Sorry if people are being triggered out <laughs> but there. It's okay because but it is, that, that is, has to yeah. Yeah. That that um and that's one of the things that I learned from this. And and it was also something he pointed out in the book, which is during the time of Joseph, he was the leader of the family. Yeah. Mary was underneath him and Jesus was, it was it, there was a structure to this. Right. And what happens in, in heaven is actually that's reversed. Oh, wow. In heaven, Jesus is on top, Mary's next <laughs> and Joseph's underneath. And it's just, and st- hierarchy st- is there for a reason yeah. and it's there for order and it's there for, it, because God creates structure, God creates these things. And right. it's not, and um, so I just, there was, were some interesting things that, that had come out of this and that, I wanted to share. Also, since Father's Day is coming up, one of the things, and I'll we can wrap up with this. If you're looking for something to give a father, um, this is just a tip. It's a father tip. Is one of the things that 
that really feeds me as a father is to hear from my wife and from my children, just hearing the words, thank you for protecting us. Mm. Thank you for providing for us. Hearing, hearing, like affirming the things that, uh, because I often, when talking with other men, there's there's just this thought that men are checked out, that they just see themselves as a paycheck and that was, you know, I provide for the physical needs of, of my family. I know the mortgage is being paid and therefore mm. I'm doing my job. Mm. There's a part of you can have an influence on them by affirming in them the things that they that they do and they might not recognize mm. it. Thank mm. you for protecting us. Thank you for providing for us. Thank you for being there for us. And that really, if you're looking for more involvement from a husband, that just, that's a, and my wife and I have this conversation, just like that feeds me. That fe- <laughs> like I want to show up the next day to work and go do a really good job that's awesome. because I'm, I'm recognized. And so I, it's in a the part of maybe selfish part of me, but it's just as affirming yes, definitely. for men to hear that, that they are, they're doing their job as the husband and as the father and it feeds us. And it's so much more than a tie or a pair of socks. <laughs> so that's great. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. I think that's an interesting thing too, is I think that sometimes we don't give fathers the respect they deserve. You know, I think a lot of this attention is lavished on the the mama and, and rightfully so. I mean, they carried you for nine months, but uh, I, I like the joke, right? Like, I mean, what do moms get? Hot, you know, hot stone massage, breakfast in bed. And like you said, like dads, what do you get? Like a tie that we bought on his credit card. Is <laughs> <laughs> a reminder to work harder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or it's a reminder that your wardrobe really does need updating. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, even the even the cards are different, right? Like every Mother's Day card is like to the world's best mom. Father's Day card, I saw one the other day. It said to whom it may concern. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so sad. You know, and you were th- talking about what does it mean to be a father in fatherhood? And Josh, you said it when you described your dad. I said it when I described my dad. And Danny, you said it when you described your dad. The word that all three of us used in common was humility. Humility. Yeah, yeah, somebody who is humble. You know, and Josh, you and I were talking earlier today about how the world has kind of perverted what it means to be a man and what it means to be a father. And we don't think about that word of being humble. Yeah. But that's such an important, important word. Yeah. So we are down to about our last minute. Man, that time flew. It did, didn't it? That did. Yes. It really did. But Danny, we want to thank you so much for Absolutely. being on with us today. Yeah, you were awesome, yes. man. Oh, thank you. Thank you both. Yeah, and I know you and Josh have both really enjoyed this book, The Consecration to St. Joseph. So listeners, watch out and listen out for when you're going to be able to hear Danny talk to Father Calloway about this book. But just be encouraged. Be encouraged that the, the Bible offers us beautiful examples of what it means to be a father. And so when you are um, you know, thinking about God as your father, just remember how much he loves you. If you are thinking about your own father and how you might be able to support and encourage him, just tell him, like like Danny was just telling him, telling you what are the things that you can thank your father for, your earthly mm-hmm. father. Danny, would you um, bless us by saying a prayer for our listeners would as lo- we Would love it? to do that. That'd be a great way to end this. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time that we've had together. I thank you for the witness of St. Joseph and how how you formed him, created him as being an example. He is our he is a, uh, our spiritual father. He is someone who we can lean upon. Thank you for for teaching us what it's like to what it what it means to be a father. Thank you for the gift of of you being our father. 
We thank you for how you taught us about you through Jesus. We thank you for all the fathers out there for this upcoming Father's Day. We ask for you to please bless them. Let them know that they are called to lead their families to heaven. They are called to be the spiritual lead of their families. And I just pray that um, they take one small step, whether it's leading the family in prayer or whether it's finding something that points their family to you. I ask Heavenly Father to, to find the small thing that, the, that the, someone is listening to this right now that leads them to lead their family to you. And Heavenly Father, we'll just end it with uh, the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. St. Joseph. Pray Pray for for us. us. Pray for us. Thank you so much, Danny. Listeners, thank you for tuning into Shelter in Peace. We'll see you next week. The Angelus is coming next.